0: Are now, you are now listening, listening to
1: the, the unmistakable, the unmistakable sounds sound sounds of the Wolverpool weekend, weekend tale, tale Tate. Tate. It's your boy,
0: boy C. Dog,
1: Be weird. Be weird
0: in a, a pretty different spot. Uh, Ike, where are you, sir? I am
2: in Tampa. I'm in Tampa right now, man. I, I, I stuck around down here to uh, to heckle the, the fans of other teams that lost as well, so uh, they can join me on the couch and watch their teams not play for the SEC uh, uh, championship. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm still down
0: here. Yeah, about that. Uh, let's go ahead and get into what happened on Friday. Yikes. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a good Friday for Auburn fans, uh, a, bit, a bit surprising. Auburn got bounced from the quarterfinal round against Texas A&M um, in very surprising fashion. Auburn in that game actually ended up shooting 30% or making 30% of its field goal attempts. A&M actually made 43%. And actually, this is the stat that pretty much was the difference in the game because a lot of the other stats were pretty even in the game. Auburn made 25% of his three point attempts. They shot they made 9 of 36, A&M made 50% of their free, their three point shots, 8 of 16. And for the past 10 games, Auburn has now gone 6 and 4 after starting the season red hot at 21 and 1. Uh, Bruce Pearl talked a lot about a and strategy and it seems like there appears to be a blueprint moving forward. AM pretty much attempted to stifle Auburn in the interior with double teams, switching up on guys, really trying to force Auburn to make shots uh from the perimeter. I is is this pretty much how Auburn should anticipate other teams defending us moving forward? And what does Auburn do to combat that?
2: Yeah. I mean, until you prove you can hit outside shots, teams are just gonna give them to you. Like they were just conceding the fact that, okay, you guys aren't gonna make it. So here, have at it, uh, fire away. Um, I think the only way that we're going to have to be able to combat that is the offense is going to have to be more dependent on ball movement and less dependent on, um, like, it's it's a very pick-and-roll friendly offense, right? We run flex. I was actually talking about this with somebody um, after the game. We run flex, but we don't run it past maybe the second or third pass in it. It's usually point guard. Swings it to the big man. The big man is either going to hit the cutter, um, or he's going to get it to the you know either reverse it back around the other way. But after that point, we kind of stop moving, and we don't really get more movement, player movement, ball movement. To be, you're going to have to move the ball more rapidly to get yourself better shots. Because if it's all dependent on you beating somebody off the dribble or a ball screen, then you're going to allow that defense to what Texas AM and M did was just. We're going to build this wall and dare you to try to get down inside. Um, Forcing the ball to the paint, like a lot of people suggest, like, oh, you got to feed the paint. You got to feed the paint. Texas A&M was like, no, you're not feeding the paint, period. Like, we're just going to pack everybody down here. If you're going to get the ball to those big men, they're going to have to shoot over the top of two and three people. Um, So we're going to have to be a little bit more creative with the ways that we're deciding to get shots that are closer to the paint. Um, there are some sets that we run, um, that I think will be, uh, things that we can do, but we just have to do a better
0: job of it. A super chat by Walt. Appreciate you Walt, for watching with us. Appreciate you for being a supporter. Walt says our guards need to get the ball out of their hands faster to start good ball movement then inside to the bigs with good position. Thoughts on that, gentlemen? Yeah, Pretty that's much. essentially what I'm saying, man. It's like, it it can't be dribble penetration
2: when they're going to wall up like that. You have, it has to be the ball has to move fast. Um, so you've got to figure out how to get sets that allow you to move the ball quickly and then get early offense, either with you know good position in the post and then make them react to that. Or because you're setting such good off ball screen and such like that, that you can get them the ball in a good position to get a quick shot up before the double teams can come before the defense can react. But if you're going to, just try to post a guy up because and have the defense entrenched against it. Once you dump it down to him, there's three guys there and they're just not allowing that person to move liberally. Um, And it's just not going to be a good scenario. So yeah, just it's going to take them actually running the offense and not playing
0: kind of this uh, pickup game style that we've grown accustomed to seeing them do. Uh, My G my question for you, and we'll, we'll discuss guard play specifically later on. All right. So, so I I definitely want to talk about that, but, Auburn shot the the three ball 36 times in this game. I think that's the most they've shot the three this season. Three of Auburn's five losses this season have come from when we've shot the three more than 30 times in a game. Are we relying, are we settling for too many threes in this game, in your opinion? Um, And are there easier mid range shots that we should be trying to get if we can't get into the interior?
1: I think Texas A&M just defended us really well. That's what they were giving us. Yeah. We took them. We just we weren't making them. Uh, it was. It's a great defensive game plan, statistically, to have against Auburn. We have not shot the three ball at a high clip or consistently. And when we are making those shots, Auburn is almost unstoppable. If we're not making those shots, we're a very beatable basketball team. It's what it boils down to. Now, our defense will always keep us in it. And you saw what happened down the stretch once Wendell Green got hot and started nailing threes. Things start to open up. Lobs start to open up. It just took all game for him to find his range. And, And even then, some of the shots that he was hitting, they're not shots. Like, I mean, these like 35 footers, man, are not shots that you are taking in the regular flow of the game. So I was happy to see him hit those shots, but if we've got to count on those type of shots down the stretch, we're going to be in big time trouble. So uh, I I thought that the shots were reasonable based on on how they were defending us. Mm -hmm. Yo, they gave us a lot of three. We took a lot of them. Now maybe we take took took a few too many. I mean, it was a lot of threes we took in that game. Uh, I. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I can go back and look. I, I just remember thinking, like, wow, like, we took a lot of threes in that game. Uh, but I just, you know, it, it, it's tough. It's tough when you look at it. They we're not a great shooting team. The identity of this team is defense, not offense. And that worries a lot of people if you're not putting up a lot of points. I just I just don't know if you feel better about win, losing a game 100 to 95. Or 67 to 62. I would feel worse about letting a team loose for 100 points. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I would. Because when we have shot well, we've beaten teams by double digits easily. Because our defense has been consistent throughout this. So um, the three-point shooting was was shocking. Uh, we took 36 threes in this game. Wow, we hit 25% of them. We hit nine. We had nine threes out of 36, but a lot of those were down the stretch. So, up until the final few minutes, this was not a very, this was a historically bad shooting performance that we pulled the percentages up to 30% down the stretch, but we were in the mid 20s in terms of overall field goal percentage for a good portion of that game. This was a historically bad performance. Now, of those 36 threes KD Johnson took 6 of them and I don't think I need to repeat the stat for anybody but I will Oh for 14 man he hit any he didn't hit any uh we just did not outside of uh, of Wendell down the stretch Kessler and Jabari there was there was no offense to be had yeah. Jasper had a disappointing shooting night 2 of 8 1 of 4 from 3 Uh, Jalen Williams scored two points On one of two shooting He was the only only other guy off the Was he the only other guy off the bench or did Cartwell score? Cartwell did not score Yeah, Jalen Williams was the only person other than Wendell off the bench To score, right? Uh, Cambridge did not score Um, Chris Moore played two minutes Did not score Uh, This was We played one of the worst games We could have played offensively and lost by five points. So I still believe this team has the ability to get hot in the tournament. uh, But, you know, ultimately it's just make open shots. That's what it comes down to. This isn't some, this is a mystery, right? Make open shots. You know, if they're going to give you a wide open threes, you need to hit them at about a 35 to 39% clip to keep defensives honest. If you're going to be sub, You know, if you're going to be 25% from three but then take 36 threes, that's not a winning formula. Right. Just got to hit those shots. I don't think we were taking bad shots. I think the shots were there because that's what they were giving us. Um, uh, The defense was interesting. And, you know, as we speak right now, Texas A&M is taking on Tennessee. And um, kudos to Texas A&M. That can't be understated. Like, they played. They they have played out of their minds this tournament. Yeah. Uh, and if they end up winning, they're down by five right now. But if they end up winning this whole thing, like, wow,
0: great game plan. And I think it's one of the reasons people would not defend the 2019 team like this, because that was just basically surrendering to our greatest strength. But our strength this year isn't the three point shot. It's it's defense. It's the interior. It's rebounding. It's, it's those types of it's, it's the effort. With this team, this is kind of how teams are starting to defend us, and it, it's kind of frustrating when we aren't able to take what the defense gives us offensively. And I think that's something that they have to kind of revisit and see how can we, how can we take advantage of those open shots because it wasn't forced shots. And that's time. that's the thing that I want to say,
2: man, is that I I understand everybody's like, oh, we have to stop shooting threes. We got to stop chucking up shots. If you want a team to take what the defense gives you. They're giving you open shots that you know you're capable of making. Like you want people to pass up open shots essentially in that scenario. And I understand wanting to get better shots in the flow of the offense. Can we create different types of shots? Texas AM literally was saying, I'm not giving you anything else but this and daring you to take the shot. The best that you can hope that that guy does, which, Wendell, if you go. I'm looking forward to going and watching the film of this uh, and breaking this down and looking at it uh, as we get into this. Wendell was actually earlier in the game. He was trying to, like, not take the threes that they were giving him. He was trying to run off of that and get into something else and try to find a better shot. Just they weren't falling, man. Like, I don't know what else you want somebody to do other than take a wide open shot. Yeah. There, there weren't there weren't a lot of forced up bad shots in this game. There were just a lot of people
0: missing shots, mm. right? Uh, talk about Walt's question here. Hey, Walt, Is, am, I, am I wrong or the other teams putting bigger guys on our guards and quick to double team them once they cross uh, the the timeline, so they can't throw over? Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah like this,
1: this, there's, there's like this, like there are a lot of high traps happening um they're just trying to put some pressure on the guards to make good decisions with the basketball early in the shot clock and uh we have not you know outside uh zip doesn't really he doesn't turn the ball over he's not i mean he's been one of the uh uh the best hang so he only had one turnover in this game but uh They forced KD Johnson into three turnovers. Um, Flanagan had a turnover. Jabari had one. Wendell had five turnovers in this game. And so, you know, when you have a two-possession game, those one or two turnovers can matter coming down the stretch, especially when you're not particularly a good-scoring basketball team uh, the way Auburn is is playing right now. So, um, yeah, I've seen some of what Walt's talking about, right? Like, It's just attack, 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 and try to force us into a stale half-court offense. Don't let Auburn get out in transition and get easy buckets. For sure. Um, And it becomes harder for us. It really does become harder for us. Our identity is just not offense. It's not not what we're great at. Uh, But we do have the ability to get hot. We just have to get the ball to the right players to do that. And I think it helps, too, playing good defense,
0: too, because that, that is what has helped create a lot of our offense, uh, mm-hmm. is, is good defense and, and grabbing boards and starting transition. But if you can slow the game down for Auburn and force us to where we have to get into our sets or even kind of throw off our timing in the half-court offense, that's kind of been a, a bugaboo for us offensively at times. So.
2: Your boy Ike Jones, and you're listening to the War Report's Weekend Tailgate Podcast. Did you know that you can find this and most of our other podcast content on YouTube first? That's right. Just search the War Report on YouTube, and you'll find our channel where we broadcast this and other shows live. We've also got Auburn football and basketball press conferences, film reviews, game highlights, interviews, and special guest segments
0: too. All of the Auburn sports content you can ask for, and then some. Now that you know. Let's get back to the show. Lisa Wise. Guys, your thoughts on Bruce never using a timeout when we have those long scoreless periods in games. Uh, What say you, again, this is Uh is almost kind of the, it's almost you got to take the good with the bad because he lets these kids play. And I do agree at times I would like to see a timeout when we're clearly struggling, but it's almost kind of like, when it's good it's great when it's bad it's bad but what are you guys thoughts
1: uh i so this i was waiting for this super chat to make this point a huge concern for me with this team is late game situational awareness and execution yeah guys we are now he's brought up the timeout thing lisa before like he said, I should have used a timeout here against Florida at the end of the game, where again they defended, they didn't do what they thought they were going to do defensively against them, and he should have called a timeout. And uh, this is one of the coach's biggest responsibilities in any sport. Now you yeah, guys he did know it I,
0: South Carolina, right? Yeah, didn't he do that I, against him? in the first half. He called a mm-hmm. timeout
1: and we set up a, a play to end the half. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: like. I just thought, I think I, I, you guys know, I held Brian Harson's feet to the fire last season over timeout management. Where, like, hey, coach, do you think that you use those timeouts in the best way possible? And those pressers, his response to me, you know, at the time, I know it's hard right after the game to assess something like that, but he felt like he did. Uh, and I think that when they go back and looked at it after, after in the off season, he might say, eh, "You know, maybe we could have done some things differently there." So there are some learnings. Bruce Pearl seems hyper aware of that in season. So uh, there are some things like you know where with your timeouts down the stretch, you we could have just maybe broke their momentum and right reset and try to do some things differently. Uh, I think it continues to be an area where our coach needs to grow and improve his timeout management and and by his own admission, by his own admission. so let me ask you guys this question since you since Mike kind of
0: already brought up brought him up, we understand how important kD is to this team. um the emotion, the passion he brings. Players feed off of it. Fans feed off of it. How does Auburn manage KD when he's having a game? How should Auburn manage KD when he's having a game like the one he's having, he had on Friday?
1: I want to hear Ike talk on this.
0: I have my thoughts. <laughs> I Ike talk, <laughs> thoughts on this. <laughs> um,
2: I think it depends on what game and how the game is flowing, how you manage KD. Um, you know, B. Will and I had a little back and forth about this a couple of games ago in regards to KD as to whether or not uh, Berman should be getting more minutes in that game uh, because KD was struggling offensively. Um, turned the ball over a lot in that game. I think this was the Mississippi State game where we had uh, you know all the airmail passes and KD had a couple of them that landed in the, the first couple of rows over a guy's head. The thing with KD is that he is more of a threat off of the dribble than a Berman is, right? Berman's more of a catch and shoot guy and he's a threat to at least make your spacing a little bit better. I think Berman probably would have benefited us more against the Texas A&M because mm-hmm. our issue against Texas A&M wasn't like the inability to penetrate against pressure. Our issue with Texas A&M wasn't even necessarily our ability to defend. Like they were just hitting, that Texas A&M hit shots like you can't defend it much better or Bradford just didn't miss from three, right? Like he was just uncharacteristically good that game, right? Right. Berman doesn't hurt you in that scenario. He does help to stretch the floor a little bit. And I do think that we could have employed him a little bit more in this game specifically. So I think it's just a a situation of understanding that in certain scenarios, who are the personnel that allow you to do the things you need to do offensively? You have more room for your pick and roll game to work if you have more shooters to spread the floor out right? And I think Berman would have benefited us in this one. Um, But more specifically to the point of when KD's just not making shots, you kind of have to meter that with, is he contributing in other ways, specifically on the defensive end? Is he getting the ball pressure necessary? I don't know that KD was really effective at all in this game. And so I would have liked to see them go in a different direction um, because it was clear his frustration was making him continue to just force up looks in the paint, like he was trying to do the whole go into there and get contact, and he just wasn't
1: getting the
0: calls. That's his, and that's his—that's his game. Yeah, that's that's pretty much mm-hmm. his game.
1: Now I will—I will tell you this, only because of how we had to shoot down the stretch. Did Jabari Smith finish with more shots than KD? But outside of Jabari Smith, KD took more shots than everybody in that game except for Coleman, the third on the other team, and Jabari. Jabari had 16 shots. Coleman had 15 shots. KD had 14 attempts. And just, like, man, like, oh, my God, if he has, like, a regular bad night, we win that game.
2: Yeah, listen, that's, that and that's exactly my point about uh, Leo Berman in that situation, is that if you take the six attempts that KD had, from three, and you give those to Berman, he makes two of those. We win that ball game, right? Like, that's it's right. literally that small of a difference in productivity on offense because Berman is he's gonna make if you give Berman six open looks from three, he's gonna hit two of those. Two of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, yeah. now does it, that now like there's a causality to everything? So maybe defensively, we give well, up. Well, that's my you, point you know, like, about
2: like Texas AM, they weren't like. They were literally making everything. Like I, I know that it, the shot percentages doesn't look like that, but I'm saying like we had possessions where we would force them within two or three seconds of the shot clock, and then they're making an open shot there. I don't know that Katie Johnson impacts the game defensively in that game in particular in a way that Berman would have just been a liability, right? right. Like it, it was just a mad. It was a matter of. They were making their open looks. We weren't making ours. Right. And if it's if you, if they're going to give you open looks, put a guy in who
0: can make the open looks. Yeah. I think, and I think, I think if you're playing, uh Bruce mentioned, alluded to the fact they were playing four out, one in because of how AM was defending. That's Berman's game. Like that's your that's that should be one of your four out because he he he's gonna catch the ball. He's not gonna think about it, he's gonna pull it. And again, to y'all's point, he makes at least two of those six shots. But we got
1: Mike. Um, uh, there's a comment here, uh, by a girl, Melissa Munn, uh, Melissa is one of, uh, one of my Twitter, Twitter buddies, uh, follow her on Twitter. But she says, according to the shot metrics, we win that game 77% of the time with the shot selection we made. They just did that. Not that, was, that was my whole
2: point. Like, I, right. I know everybody
1: yep. hates to hear this because they're like, well, if they're not
2: going, you have to do something else. What? What do you suggest that you do when Texas A&M is literally just dropping everybody back into the paint? The uh-huh. only thing that you have, again, ball movement is the only way to fix that, right? Like you get into your sets early and you have to move the ball rapidly. Player Rapid player and ball movement is how that's going to work. But it wasn't. They were open shots. Like, again, it's not like they were taking bad shots or they're being forced into poor look. They were wide open looks. You just got to make them.
0: And I and, guess that was and, my that was my question. Is moving forward, is this how teams defend Auburn? And what does Auburn have to do going into the tournament, knowing yeah. you got to make your shots, buddy?
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. They have to. They we, we again. I think you have to experiment with some of the the, the the lineups. I I I don't know. I have to go back and look at the the um, the uh, the chart on it. But mm-hmm. I don't know whether or not we went to the three guard lineup in this game until late in the game again. I think that might've been something that would have been helpful for us to be a little bit more quick to the ball because a lot of it was quickness to the ball that we had an issue with. Um, But I think we have to figure out how to be more patient with working our offense. Our offense is not complex, right? We We run this flex scheme and it's not a complex thing, but you have to work it a little bit more than what we do. Again, it's like two or three passes. And then it's like, OK, we'll spread it out. We're going to go into the pick and roll action because it's you know 12 seconds left on the clock. You can continue to work your offense. And, you know, there, there are more things that you can do in that flex that allows you to continue with your player and ball movement that can possibly get you better looks. Um, and then you're going to force AM to then go to or whatever team to go into some sort of zone. Right. Because if they're going to play man, then player movement, ball movement is how you beat man, not one-on-one because we don't have those kind of guys. So you've got to be more patient with your offense and working the ball around, get into those sets early, move the ball a little bit more, and hopefully you will pass up a good shot, which is what everybody's saying, pass up a good shot for a better shot because we're going to keep with the offense and not go into this Mm. scrambling mode. Um, But then secondarily, you've got to figure out how to get out in transition. Right. Like you you get good possession, but you need more live ball turnovers so that you can get the, 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 the run game going and get up and down the floor before people are able to set their defense. Right. Um, and those right. are really the two things that if Auburn can do those things against teams that are just relentlessly saying, I'm just going to give up threes to you. Go ahead. Shoot it. Um, then we're going to be a much better team because we're going to score more points more efficiently.